How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your podcast where I, your host, Andrew Strother, chat with creators and entertainers in the world of gaming and fun and frivolousness about the nerdy things they love. I have an awesome creator with me here today. We will chat with him in just a moment. But as always, we want to give a big thank you, first and foremost, to the fine, fine folks over at Hero Forge, a place where you can surprise, surprise, forge a hero. If you want to create your gaming character or any character, treat them like a coloring book, actually. Just open it up and have some fun. Go to heroforge.com and create a miniature. Uh, fulfill your wildest dreams because options are borderline endless. I, I say this every week because it's always true. They're always changing. They always drop new stuff. Literally every time I record an episode, there's a new feature and a new thing that you can do with your minis on Hero Forge. Uh, they're great people. They do great work in the community. They support, <laughs> I think, some pretty great shows. So go check them out, heroforge.com. Make, uh, make a mini. Have some fun. Tell them Andrew at Roll Persuasion uh, sent you. You can't do that, but try it anyway. Say it to your screen. See what happens. You never know. And now without any further ado, I would love to get to my fantastic guest for today, someone that I have played D&D with. I have been on his show. We have played uh, Star Wars Squadrons together and run our X-Wings into asteroids. I mean, I feel like we've kind of done it all. Very excited to have with me today, Gary Milikovich. Dude, what's going on? Hey, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. I'm excited, too. Like I, like I said, I've been on your show, uh, The Cock Die, which uh, you can check out. We'll link it in the <laughs> show notes, um, which was awesome. And we've gotten to game in various mm-hmm. settings together. And now we're getting to chat more about what you do. And speaking of what you do, what do you do? Well, that's a that's a loaded question because I'm but luckily I'm the not an egomaniac. I'm not going to talk about it for for the whole time. But some of the main things you, you, you mentioned it, the Cock Die podcast, which I started last summer. I am the lead organizer for a social club called Geeks United, which is one of the largest nerdy social clubs where I live in Toronto. We've got almost 3,500 members. We do in-person and online events. I am the editor of Fortner.com. We do lots of productions of live play shows, charity shows, and we do some news occasionally. And I'm on a bunch of other various shows that you might have seen on Mini Terrain Domain or Fort Nerd or, or Talent and Claw. So a little bit of everything. You like, yeah. to, uh, you like to stay busy is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, uh, free time is my enemy and I try and kill it every time I can. That's the great thing about, about being an internet content creator is uh, there is no better way to kill your free time than to always have three projects that you need to get caught up yeah. on. So uh, I think you're, you're probably pulling it off pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Let's start with this. You you mentioned starting your show last summer. Um, what was kind of your your mindset or what kind of led you to start a show and what is the cock die? What can people expect if they listen to it? So in twenty nineteen I went to the um descent event in Los Angeles as a Oh nice. Yeah, as a uh, media personality i was able to interview a bunch of people but additionally i was able to participate in the events and they had a bunch of actors there who were playing a series of roles and if you said whatever the code word was or solved their little puzzle you'd get a stamp on your map and eventually you could get a soul coin because obviously that was the year that they were leading into descent into avernus at the end of the weekend, um, one of the actors pulled me aside because I was you. You know my character Flip. Um, he's pretty. He's pretty yeah. funny. It's probably my my best known character. I was playing Flip with these actors the whole time that I was there, and he pulled me aside and he's like, "Dude, what's your deal? Like, 
you know, are you a theater kid? Like, are you an actor? We had, like, I had such a great time hanging out with you. Like, what's your story? So we talked a little bit because I, I'm not an actor now, but, you know, I went to theater school in high school, the only Catholic audition theater school uh, at the time in my province where I lived. And it's something that I loved, but I never, never pursued a fear, whatever. Yeah. And so that said to me, it's like, I need to do something that I love. And how do I get myself involved? I'd been doing online journalism with geekchicelite.com for a long time, doing conventions and interviews. How do I drive this forward? And that was really the origin of the Cockdie podcast. I, I said to myself, <clears throat> what am I good at? What can I how can I bring something different to the space? And yeah. that's why I started the podcast, which basically is, I love to find out people's origin stories about who they are, why they started gaming, particularly D&D, and what is it about, they, how did they bring that love to their to their hobby. That's really what the cock die is about. And, and like you talking to amazing creators and in the gaming space and, and hearing their stories and who they are is, is something that I've really fallen in love with over the past, yeah, had you done I guess a it's a year and a bit. I, no, no, I'd never done anything like it before. So <clears throat> I was completely fresh. I made a ton of mistakes. I, uh, got lots of input from people that I disregarded that I probably shouldn't have. And I just decided to jump into it. I figured, you know, I've done lots of interviews before. How hard can podcasting be? Which, as you know, that is the age-old question. It's a lot harder than people think it is. And it's a lot more work. It's not, it's not just a matter of getting somebody in the chair. It's figuring out who you're going to get in the chair and how you're going to approach them. And how are you going to convince them to do your show? Because obviously, when I first started... You know, I had 10 followers on Twitter. There's really no reason for anybody to talk to me, but we are so lucky in this space that everybody's generous with their time. And, you yeah. know, we've had some incredible guests. We had my first, our mutual friend, Anthony from Talon and Claw. And, and we had, we've had some incredible discussions about PTSD and how D&D &D has helped that and charity and why people are raising money for charities and the power of D&D &D to raise money. I know I've had Fenway on the show twice and, and she's talked about her incredible charity Jasper's Game Day. And yeah. Yeah, you mentioned I'm glad you mentioned charity because you are um, involved with a, a very closely a creative director, mm -hmm. I think, for uh, Quest for the Cure. Yeah, um, a very super cool charity, which I think uh, when this drops, we'll have some some awesome stuff uh, coming up in the month of mm -hmm. September. Um, before we get to like those particular events, like tell me a bit more about Quest for the Cure yeah. and kind of your involvement there. So in 2014 or so, uh, we did uh, Geeks United, the uh, group I mentioned, did a charity event for Extra Life and our local hospital, Sick Kids. We raised about $25,000. Xbox was our sponsor. We had Coca-Cola. We were on TV. It was a really big deal. The contact from that charity moved over to a different charity called Jesse's Journey. And what Jesse's Journey is, is it's a charity raising money to fund research into Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Duchenne is a horrible disease. It uh, affects one in 5,000 kids, usually boys. It's actually the most commonly diagnosed in childhood disease that is fatal, genetic disease that is fatal. So yeah. there's no, there's no cure. And 
research has come a long way. These kids used to die in their late teens, early 20s, and now they're making it to late 20s. And, you know, for these families who are hoping for a miracle, that's a big deal. And so the executive director reached out to me because he knew I'd been involved in Extra Life. He said, hey, we want to do a gaming wing of our charity. We want to call it Squad Up. We want to bring people together to raise money for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And I said, sure. So I, I helped them get the first year off the ground. We did a bunch of fundraising. We contacted political leaders. And just so that they were aware of what we were doing. And then the next, I think this is the third or fourth year, I can't honestly remember, We've just been raising awareness for the disease because money's important, obviously. Nobody who works in charity is going to say that it's not phenomenally important. But awareness for this particular charity is key as well. Because, you know, sure. when you're raising money for your local children's hospital, odds are you are going to know at least one or two people who that local hospital has benefited. Like, you know, talking about sick kids here in Toronto... I was a sick kid. My friend was a sick kid. Everybody knows somebody. But this isn't the same. There's only, you know, 1,200 or 1,500 kids with this disease in all of Canada out of 30 million people. Yeah. And obviously in America, it would probably be about 10 times that, so maybe 15,000. So it's not a disease that a lot of people know about. And so Quest for the Cure came from that squad up mission to raise money through gaming. And one of the things that I'm really good at is, is organizing and, and bringing people together and sort of uniting people for a common cause. So in September of last year, we did two Quest for the Cure games. We had incredible people. We had Rachel Seeley and Ali Ganino from uh, Girls Guts Glory. We had AJ Fry. He's a sci-fi host here in uh, Toronto. We had Velvet Valhalla, a drag performer. We had Ed Greenwood, B. Dave Walters. It was an incredible day, and we raised thousands and thousands of dollars. That success made me ask the question is like, what can we do? Can we do more? And so Quest for the Cure became something that would continue. It would be, it would be under the Squad Up umbrella, which is the charity for, for Jesse's journey, but it would also be its own thing where we could continue doing these D&D games for people. And we've been running it for just over a year now. Well, no, I guess not quite a year. In September, it'll be a year. But yeah, it's it's a D&D series with a series of incredible creators. And we're raising money for this disease that nobody's heard of that destroys families and trying to find a cure because every day that we do an event every dollar we raise uh, is one step closer to keeping those families together longer and that's a goal that is has become really important to me that's really awesome uh, i have a younger brother and sister who both um deal with mus muscular dystrophy not specifically duchenne uh i'm not going to go into all the medical details but but you're right it's a it's a difficult thing. It's a hard thing for families sometimes to explain to people because the symptoms aren't always, you know, you, you see someone in a wheelchair and then you see them get up and walk and you're like, what's up with that person? It's like, there are good days and bad days. And you, and you never know, um, you know, what, what you're going to experience when you're, um, dealing with this. And so, you know, seeing the desire for research and awareness and whatnot around it, um, and specifically Duchenne, I think is really, really fantastic. I'm wondering, um, what do you think it is about, uh, streaming D and D and the community that watches that is such a powerful tool 
for charitable work because because we see it i mean in the last two years the number of charitable games that that go on i feel like there's one every week and they're all awesome they have great people and people are always willing to show up and and share and give and so even ones that are doing five hundred dollars or five thousand dollars when you put them all together the amount of money that this community can generate to support so many different causes is staggering. Uh, Why do you think that resonates with people so much? I think it resonates. And this is something I said in in 2014 or or 2015, when we were talking about extra life is there's lots of causes where you're going to go for a walk or you're going to go for a bike ride, or you're going to do this, or you're going to do that until extra life gamers didn't have an outlet that they could use to direct their big hearts. And as you know, as we've talked about, the generosity of our community is incredible. It just it just needed a lens, something to focus. And I think that's really what it is, is that before these streaming games, before these charity games, there wasn't necessarily that direct connection between the community and the charities that we were raising money for. But the taking something that they're already interested in, which is streaming D&D, streaming board games, streaming whatever, something they're already watching, and adding that element of the causation. I know, causation is not the right word, I know that. The, causa- the causality is not the right word either. The cause, nature of what we're trying to do with fundraising and, and directing it toward this positive outcome. It's So many people in our community are willing to, to stand up and raise their hand to say, yep, I'm willing to give money. And even if they can't, they'll come and watch the games. And even if they can't watch the games, they'll share the games because fundamentally, they didn't have that ability to have a cause that resonated with them in a way that was something that they were interested in. And now these gaming Mm -hmm. charities are doing just that. Yeah. And I I think you touched on, on something really key there. And and you even mentioned, you know, there, um, especially when I was growing up, like in the nineties, I feel like, like walks to raise money were a big thing. And you would go around and be like, Hey, I'm going to do this walk. Will you give me money when I walk? And it never made sense to me because I was like that, Anyway, it doesn't make sense to me as like a a functional trade-off. But part of what doesn't make sense about that, and props to anyone who's raised money that way, anything that we can do to to help causes that need it, great. But like, I think part of the disconnect with that for me was that you were doing, even if you were going to an event where lots of people were there, the people you were raising money from were not there. There There was a community with the other people raising money and working towards the thing, but there wasn't community with the people who were participating, who were literally putting dollars towards helping you with what you were doing. And these games allow that natural community that builds around storytelling and gameplay to be there with you, to be excited about the story with you, what's happening um, versus simply saying, Oh yeah, you're going to do a thing in two weeks. Here's 50 bucks or whatever. And so um, I, and I think particularly in this community, people love to help each other. And like, this is a way that, you know, even if you're like, I've had games that I haven't been able to watch, but I'll keep them open because I want to make sure they have that extra viewer. I can drop a few bucks in. And and so like, even when you're not able to be there for the whole thing, you can still show up and support the people you care about and, and make a big impact. And it's just, it's cool to see that continuing to grow and develop as more and more, um, you know, celebrities quote unquote get involved and, and like the ability to impact continues to increase. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So tell, tell me a bit then about, um, I think we're going to try and drop this episode, I think kind of first week of mm-hmm. September, somewhere yeah. thereabouts. So, so when you're listening to this, dear people, uh, there's some awesome stuff going on. So, so Gary, what is going on this month that people can look forward to checking out? 
So Quest for the Cure, as I mentioned, started out as two one-shots, and then we did another one in December to raise some additional money, and then we did a, a session, like a, a, an episode zero, and I, I got together with our amazing cast, Amy Lynn Dezur, community manager for DDAL, Ed Greenwood, Emma Wakelin, and they said, we want to keep doing this. So we have been for the last since of April we've been doing a quest for the cure series which will have its finale on community day on September 25th uh which is December September's important because it's Duchenne awareness month we're doing what we're calling a series of side quests quest for the cure side quests which will be one-shot adventures that are run by celebrity dms played with celebrity players raising awareness and money leading up to that finale and we're we're doing one every saturday night which is when we do our quest for the cure series episodes we're doing one every saturday night in september so not going to give you the dates you can put those in the show notes for folks but and then we're running all we're running all day sure on september 25th which is the squad up community day and we've been able to recruit some incredible dms we've got lauren urban and adam bradford uh, jake norman and we have a couple still to announce Incredible players like Eugenio Vargas and Robo Goblin and Hope Lavelle and Chris Siddiqui and Riley Silverman and Megan Kenrick. I'm not going to go through all of them, but we wanted to do something that was bringing attention to this cause in a way that was slightly different than what we've been doing before. What you get is, and and you've run charity events, you've sort of seen how they go. Mm-hmm. It's usually the incredible community that each each of us is bringing to it you see some of the similar some similar names some different names but usually those 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 views and and the dollars are coming from similar people so when you're running a series with all the same people you're seeing generally you're you're drawing in a similar crowd the pool of is limited we wanted to do these side quests with completely different people who've been supporting us from the beginning but to see if we could draw in some other people to participate and to raise awareness and to bring some eyeballs to what we're doing to because as i mentioned it's such a rare disease that's really cool and and i think too that um i think that's a way to go because as as the ability to raise money and and like we've been talking about impact causes that need help um, continues to grow in the realm of playing D and D, which is crazy that we can do mm-hmm. that. Um, there's innovation that you can do. Like, like there are different ways. There's nothing wrong with showing up and doing, doing your one shot, your charity one shot and raising money, but there's so many other ways to tell more stories and engage more people. So it's great that y'all are exploring that and kind of like, um, leaning into that. Yeah. And it's, it's most of the people that we've reached out to have supported us in the past, Adam and Lauren were both very, very supportive for us during our first year when they were working at D&D Beyond. A bunch of these people have been on my podcast and they've, they've sent supportive tweets and, and retweets. So it's the community that we're building through Quest for the Cure. It's just something I'm really proud of. It's a, it's a diverse group of people. So we're making sure that we have a representative group of folks, making sure that there's people from the BIMPOC community uh, represented and from the LGBTQ2SIA plus community as well, because ultimately we need to make sure that everybody's appropriately represented on the screen and you know we do our best it doesn't always work out exactly exactly the way we want but once we once we put out these these lists of of players i think everybody's going to be really excited about the games and 
what we're going to see, because I think there's going to be some, there's going to be some wacky, wacky games. The more wackiness, the better. So, um, like Gary said, we'll drop links, uh, to where you can check out more information in the show notes and, um, you know, schedules if we're able to, so you can check out and be a part of what they have going on. And I want to talk more. I want to talk more about Gary. Who is Gary? I want to get into that right after this, because right now I want to tell you about my friends at Die Hard Dice. Uh, they make dice in case you didn't tell by the name, you can go to dieharddice.com and get some really cool, really, really cool designs. I, I cannot tell you how awesome, uh, the whole team over at Die Hard are. I had a call with them literally the other day. It's like literally you're chatting with their family because it's a family business. Their dog's running in and out. Like you're throwing around great ideas that we could do with cool dice and they're just fantastic people. So go to dieharddice.com, pick out some really awesome dice. They have these cool magnetic ones. You can mix and match your D20 to make uh, like pull the halves apart and make different color combinations. Super cool. But you can use code Roll Persuasion at checkout. You save 10%. Some comes back to the show, which I appreciate. But then you get dice so that's super cool so check them out dieharddice.com give them a follow on social they're fantastic people you won't regret it but back to gary the man who is here today um i i always like doing uh video chats with people for these interviews not just because face-to-face communication is better and we can kind of read facial expressions as well as one can on a zoom but because i get to see what people have behind them. And I'm always intrigued about what people have behind them, especially when you're talking with nerdy people, because we all tend to have some different variations on the nerdy things we love. You, of course, uh, I see behind you various nerdy things. Um, I think, is that the Ollie Moss uh, Empire Strikes Back? I'm trying to remember who, who painted that one. I love that series of posters that you have in the background behind you. I can't tell you the name of the artist either. I I saw it in a store and I need knew I needed to have it on my wall. But this is what what you're seeing behind me is actually this is my nerd setup, but I also have my uh, business casual setup as well, which you can't see it behind my treasure chest. But I actually have a um, framed front page of the Financial Post, which is a newspaper here in Toronto, which is the first time I did an interview uh, oh, wow. as a spokesperson that the company got framed and they gave it to me. So when I'm doing like work stuff, then the uh, the Batman cowl comes off and the uh, uh, the business suit goes the back Clark on. Clark Kent glasses go yeah. on. But Star Wars, Star Wars is something that I love and I've loved it since I was a kid. I, I have my BB-8 Lego and you can't see it, but I, ha- I did the uh, X, the Poe Dameron X-Wing Lego and the Slave yeah. One Boba Fett Lego. Lego is something that I find really enjoyable. Um, mm. It's it's satisfying to create something and follow instructions and turn your brain off and have something cool in the end. I have the 1989 Lego Batmobile, which I have not yet built. Oh, wow. But it is in process. Because one of those things where I want to build it, but then I'm like, do I want to put it on camera, record it, and then speed it up, and then put it on YouTube? Because that would be dope. Mm-hmm. But as always with any with any creative stuff, it's like, I have a cool thing to do. It'd be cool if I recorded that and made a thing out of it. And then because you don't get around to doing the recording yeah. part, the cool thing just sits That's 100% until, what's happening. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was your, uh, what was your nerd journey, if you will? What was kind of the first thing that you remember, um, that was quote unquote geeky or, or whatever that you really got into at whatever age? I was seven and it was Dungeons and Dragons. I started playing D and D when I was seven, uh, too many years ago. We started with first edition and my favorite part 
my favorite memory of this was I was playing a fighter magic user, can't remember the name, but I kept trying to dispel magic. And my cousin, who was 12 or 13 at the time, is like, why do you keep trying to dispel magic? I'm like, I want to know if there's magic here. I was seven. I was confusing detect and dispel. Both start with D. Right. Both have six letters. And that's the biggest thing that I remember. From there, I created my own campaigns. We played through them hours and hours and hours. I didn't get into the books, oddly. One of my cousins did, but I never did. And I was more into the books. And, and at that time, second edition was coming out. So I was mm. purchasing the second edition books and we were playing second edition games. My nerd stuff sort of waned a little bit through high school. We played video games, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, sure. GoldenEye, all of that stuff. But in terms of nerdy stuff, it didn't sort of continue until I was in university and I learned about Living Greyhawk. And for those of you who don't know, it is 20 years ago now. Uh, what Living Greyhawk was, it was a shared world campaign. So I lived in Toronto, which is a in Canada, in the province of Ontario. Toronto, Ontario, Canada had its own country on the world map. And just like New York State would or Texas would. And mm -hmm. if you if I was to drive to visit you, um, uh, I could play adventures that were unique to where you live. And if you came to see me in Toronto, you could play adventures that would be unique to you. That was okay. where I first started designing adventures. I wrote, I don't know, 15, 16 Living Greyhawk adventures over my time. And and then like everything it, it sort of waned until 5th edition came out and in the in the in the intervening time I got very much into board games. I have you ca you can't see that inside the chest is all of my favorite board games actually. And through Geeks United we host board game night every week. So bringing people together to play board games, we have between 5 and 25 people every single week to play board games pre-pandemic mind you up. And everybody would bring their own stuff and we'd get together. And uh, I can't tell you how many friends I've made through Meetup. And whether it's whether you live where I live and you want to join Geeks United, great. But I would definitely, if you're looking to meet people who have your interests, uh, meetup.com, there is a nerd club for you. Whether it's board games, video games, somebody to go see a Marvel movie with. I have, because one of those things is... You know, how do you make friends when you're in your 30s or 40s and 50s and you don't want to go to a bar? It's a challenge. And know. so meetup.com, you can sort of curate the type of groups you're looking for and find the people. If you want to play board games, go. There's a board game group where you live, I'm sure. And so that's my that's I'm, I'm not getting paid for that, by the way. I was about to say, uh, we're not a sponsored episode, but meetup.com, if you want to, my contact info yeah. is on my site. Go yeah, check yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna write that down because that's a really good sponsor idea. I don't know how many like nerdy podcasts reach out to them, but uh, I'm going to steal yeah, that idea. Yeah, go for it. Um, and, and then, you know, I was, like I said, I was sort of in my 30s and I went to a convention with some friends. It was a board gaming convention. They were also running some D&D &D and uh my friends bailed on me because they're a bunch of jerks and they played they were playing playing gloomhaven which takes if you're familiar with the game it takes hours yeah and so i picked up a character hadn't played fifth edition 
Dungeons and Dragons Adventures League, and then I ended up doing that for the rest of the weekend. So it's sort of started with D&D and went to Star Wars and Marvel and board games, and now it's sort of all of it. Yeah, not bad. What What is convention play like? Because um, I have been to a total of one convention and I was working there, so I didn't get to do anything. But, you know, for me, a big part of D&D and tabletop that I enjoy is that continued um, group dynamic of people that you know, but the idea of dropping in and, and playing with anyone, which is replicated, I think a little bit by like charity one shots, mm-hmm. but I assume the vibe is charity one shots tend to be a little like silly. So it's so like, what, how does that work when you sit down at a, uh, at a public game? Uh, the, the truth is it varies. Um, sure. It, Cause like anywhere at a convention, you can get a table full of jerks. Your DM could suck. Your DM could be unprepared, but generally speaking, uh, especially for, and I'm a big, I talked about it a little bit in living Greyhawk. And now with the dungeons and dragons adventures league, I'm a big proselytizer of the organized play system. So you go to a convention you sit down, you have your character, you've built it according to the organized play set of rules. Everybody else doing the same thing has created their character using the organized play set of rules. You play your game. Let's say you have fun. Well, the next slot, you're going to get together. Maybe you have one or two of them. And it's very much like uh, the A-team is not the right example, but it's sort of like you're a mercenary company and you're bumping into these people that, that you've met. Yeah. It's unique because there are people that you will play with at a convention that you never would have ordinarily met. I still have memories of people that, because in in Living Greyhawk, they're coming from all over, especially at the big conventions. Mm -hmm. Everybody's coming to Gen Con and and Origins, and um, they're playing with people that you never would have met from far afield. And it can be great. Yeah. I mean, I had an experience playing with somebody from Australia and we played a bunch of events at, at Gen Con. And there's nothing quite like sitting down to a table with a group of six that you don't know. And then four hours later, feeling like you've gone through the shit and feeling like, oh, yeah, we're all like uh, we're all friends now. And there aren't a lot of other hobbies where I think that fast friendship is something that you can develop. So convention play is is unique for that, particularly when you're playing some of the intense, some of the intense higher level uh, epic type adventures where the tables are all mm-hmm. working together to solve some evil destroy some dragon castle and yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to whenever it is safe to go to mm-hmm. conventions again to like, like I, I feel like I'm going to be overwhelmed at whichever one I get to go to yeah. first. Hopefully Gary Khan will see what mm-hmm. the world looks like, but um, yeah, just getting to jump in and play with people and kind of have, like you said, that common, that common uh, denominator, that common bond of, of familiarity with the system and, and jumping in and being able to be coordinated right off the bat. That, uh, that seems yeah, like fun. The, the thing I love about, tabletop role-playing games in general, not specifically D&D, is you can take a series of people who, on the face of it, may have nothing in common. The um, different ethnicities, different gender identities, different um, uh, different 
oh, I don't know what the proper word is, uh, different sexual identities, people who identify as uh, members of the LGBT community from all over the world. And tabletop role-playing games is something that can unite these people in uh, common activity and, like I said, make them make them fast friends. And it's a power that there are few activities have, um, and storytelling is surely one of them. So... Tell me, this is going to go totally off the mm-hmm. rails, totally unrelated. Uh, who knows if this will be good podcast content? Love it. But um, I think you you mentioned Anthony and Talon mm-hmm. Claw earlier, and you guys, if I'm if I'm correct, playing a weekly uh, Sea of Thieves yes, stream on yeah. Twitch, right? Um, which is just a fun like like you and I think DM Travis. Yep. And uh, Jake, Jake does play yep. with y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. mini train, mini terrain domain, Jake, MTD Jake. Yeah. Uh, fun group of guys just uh, having a bunch of fun on, on the high seas. Um, what is it about that game and, and y'all playing it every week that, that just makes it fun? What, what is it about that group that is special that you enjoy coming back to every week? I love that group of people. And it part of the reason why it's special is because how it started. Anthony and I met each other last year for the first time. We both participated in Amy's game for Jasper's Game Day. So he was my first guest. On he said he sent me a message and saying, "Hey, I'm running this business. Like, I'd love to chat with you on your podcast." He was he had they had just started their Twitch channel, um, the Talon and Claw Twitch channel, which he was doing with with GM Travis, and he said, "Hey, why don't you play with us? It'll be fun." And so we've been playing Sea of Thieves. If you're not familiar with Sea of Thieves, it is a open world pirate adventure game. And it's full of nonsense and cannons and ghosts and monsters and tornado. It is it is a bonkers game. So we were playing for about a month and a month and a half. And Jake came into the chat one time. He was streaming something and he, it ended and he's like, oh, hey, Anthony's live. And he said, hey, I'm going to play. I'm going to I love this game. I should fire it up again. And Anthony said, hey, Jake, you should play with us. And that's basically basically how it started. It was so completely haphazard. It just we just happened to be at a game together. He met uh, Travis through Twitter and then Jake ended up in our chat and it's it's fun because we've developed a camaraderie that is very much unique. I think, well, not unique. There are people who have great, great, great chemistry all over the place. I'm like, oh, we invented good chemistry in streaming. Yeah, we'll come to Talon and Claw every Sunday night. Have, have you heard of friendship? Yeah. We exactly. Started. We invented that. <laughs> um, no, but um, the Sea of Thieves is great because it's different every single time you play. You can go into it saying, oh, hey, we are going to go do such and such a quest and we are going to find Captain Jack's doubloons and we are going to be heroes. Yeah. But then you get attacked by some other player who's just out to ruin your day and you fight back and then they board you and you all die. At least that's our experience because we can't. As soon as they board us, we're all dead. Like one yeah. one guy can board us and he will kill every single one of us. And... At least you're consistent, though, you're right? Consistently f- failing, yeah. yeah. Failing, yeah. I There's mean, a reason but, why know. our boat is the SS Failboat. It's not because we're good. It's because we are the best, worst pirates in the Sea of Thieves. 
pick one thing and do it well. And sometimes that one thing is failure and there's nothing wrong with that. But as long as you are failing with friends, uh, enjoying the thing that you invented called exactly. friendship, you can't go wrong. You know, I, I tried to trademark it, but the, uh, the patent office said, Oh, other people are friends. And I said, bullshit. We invented that in circa 2020 because it didn't exist before then. And Fresh exactly, concept. it's like, uh, you know, we were all sort of sitting at home. We had nothing else to do. There was a pandemic going on. We're like, you know what? Friendship. But what if we enjoy yeah, each other? Exactly. Yeah. The, the Sea of Thieves is, is, like I said, it's great because of that. And you can be whoever you want to be. Much like D&D. Exactly. Mm, come full circle. <laughs> Well, dude, it's been a lot of fun chatting. And uh, of course, dear Patreon supporters, if you keep listening, you will hear even more chats that if you hear this on the normal feed, you might not. So go to patreon.com slash roll for persuasion and support the show to get access to the zone of truth over 60 plus episodes with various guests, all their bonus conversations. Um, Gary, what are we going to talk about today? What are, what, are you, uh, what are you nerding out about right now? Or, or what are you really into that we could chat about for a little, little extra time? I would love to chat about board games. Because there's some cool ones out there that people have never heard of that on the face of it, um, they're going to assume are bad, but are really good. Okay. Okay. That's intriguing. What are the, what are the games people think are bad that are good? I, um, I got into D and D because of board games. In fact, I no longer play board games because of D and D because my one gaming group were just like, well, let's just play D and D today. But, uh, but there are some fantastic games out there. I'm very excited to hear what you think, uh, the ones people should be checking out that people are not checking out. Are. So if you want to hear that and so many more conversations, go to patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, help the show out, help me help other creators. Cause every time I get a new patron, I go find another uh, creator on Patreon to support as well. So it's kind of my way to try and not just cover my bills, but give back to the rest of the community. So, um, by helping me, you're helping others, which is pretty cool, but, uh, check all that out. Gary, where can people find you, stay in touch with what you've got going on, keep an eye on different content you're doing? How can they find you in the world of the internet? In the www's, I am uh, at fortnerd.com. So that's just fortnerd.com. I'm at fortnerd, D-O-T-C-O-M on Twitter. Uh, all the nonsense that we are up to, whether it's the Talon and Cloth, Failboat, or Quest for the Cure will be up there. Excellent. And we'll, of course, drop links to that in show description. So scroll down there if you want to find out more information. Um, well, dude, it's been so great talking. I'm glad that we get to keep doing it for a bit longer. And hopefully one of these days I will. Uh, I sold my Xbox a while ago, but maybe I'll find a way to, to play some Sea of Thieves and uh, see if I can't come be a failure of a pirate with y'all at some point. I, I can't wait. And worst comes to worst, we'll just slam into asteroids. Perfect. There, there are options. That's the great thing about gaming and the great thing about friendship. So thank you for introducing that to all of us. You know, it's my gift to you and all your listeners. You are, you are a giver and I appreciate Genuine that. humanitarian. It's true. And I appreciate all of you, dear listeners, for listening to the show each and every week or whenever it comes out. But we're trying for each and every week. I feel like we've been getting better about that. Uh, pandemic's been rough, y'all. So thank you for sticking with the show as we get to talk with just fantastic guests each and every week. It's been so much fun. If you want to keep up with everything that I've got going on, you can go to rollpersuasion.com. You can see all the episodes. I'm going to be adding some new news and content there soon. So that's very exciting. If you want to follow my own actual play show, go to secondstar.show where you can follow a band 
band of adventurers in the magical world of Neverland racing to recover a fallen star. I happen to think it's pretty great. Check it out on Twitch or podcast. Would certainly appreciate that. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Rule Persuasion. If you want to uh, hang out, chat, get into an internet argument about something silly, I'm there for it. Bring it on. But until next time, guys, enjoy your games. Enjoy your games.